Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, February 27th. It is six minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up at 1130, it's going down in Brownsburg. Oh, my gosh. This this is maybe the greatest act of anti-transparent behavior I've ever seen. And you know, Casey, I've been in this stuff for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've done talk radio, let's see now, for about 15 years. Most of that was politics. I've been an elected person. I've been an appointed person. I've worked under the governor. I've worked under a state auditor. I have seen a lot in my years, Casey. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to talk about at 1130 may be the biggest lack of transparency and the biggest deflection of giving the community information on something very important I've ever seen. And you know, Casey, Mm -hmm. I've been talking about this with you for two months now. Yeah. I've tried professionally. Yeah. I've tried quietly. Uh-huh. I've tried emails. Uh-huh. I've tried going to public meetings. Yeah. And I've reached my limit <laughs> on people stonewalling me on information. So now I'm going to use the one little little resource I have at my disposal. You know, this radio station that I'm, you know, you can hear from Illinois to Ohio and all points in between. Uh-huh. And hopefully some other, maybe some members of the media, because I know other members of the media listen to this program. Maybe they will carry the ball and run with this as well, because I, as a citizen, mm-hmm. am at my wits end. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like one of the people that call in during our voicemail segment saying, I've sent emails and never got yeah. a reply from anybody. Well, and you know, people say all the time, they say, Rob, it's your style people don't like. You need to be more professional. Casey, mm-hmm. you know, I've been talking about with this with you and mm-hmm. Kev mm-hmm. off the record for, mm-hmm. for two months now. Mm-hmm. Have I not been trying the way people tell me to yes. do the thing? Yes. And, and Unfortunately, very that professional. Does, it's almost like it's not my style. It's that governments just don't want to give up information. It's almost like it's that. almost like that. Almost like that. All right. Well, let's talk about what happened Saturday night on your television. Woody Harrelson hosted Saturday Night Live. It was the fifth time that he did that. He he got the honorary jacket, which they hand out if you're hosting the show for five times or more. But he was courting some controversy with his monologue. He was telling a story about the craziest script he'd ever read. And that he thought, no, this is just, this will never happen. So he just, he just filed it away in the, in the round folder. Uh, This is so great. And it's so awesome. And it's the, actually the reaction of the people that is the best part. Here you go. Take a listen. Anyway, I went walking in the greatest part of this city, Central Park. Leaned against a tree and started to read the craziest script. Yeah. Okay, full disclosure, I smoked a joint first. (laughs) The reason I... (laughs) Yeah, people are excited about that. Back to the tree in Central Park in that script. Put yourselves in my place. Lay the curve of your neck against the roots of the tree. What, What kind of tree was it? I mean, what kind of trees they have in Central Park? Oh, yeah, it was a palm tree. So... Lay, lay your head on the palm, fire up a hooter from Jeremy, and start reading. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes, and people can only come out if they take the cartels' drugs and keep taking them over and over. 
I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? Being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. So it went from, hey, he's talking about smoking weed and everybody's Mm -hmm. laughing and he's talking about palm trees in New York City and everybody thinks it's hilarious. And then he talks about Mm -hmm. how stupid and ridiculous a script would be that if the drug cartels forced people to take drugs or they couldn't leave their home, and everyone got silent. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the difference in the <laughs> yes. crowd, Casey? It was like, oh, he's smoking a J. It's hilarious. Woody Harrelson. And then he says, you know, the craziest script ever. Drug cartels force you to stay in your house. And a uh, little, little bit of nervous laughter uh-huh. there. The Saturday Night Live crowd did not enjoy <laughs> right. having what actually happened in this country. Mm-hmm shoved right in their face. Yeah, so Woody Harrelson says that he's politically purple and that he loves everybody. But yeah, that monologue uh, didn't sit right with everybody. And you know who I think was the most surprised by that monologue? Um, Conservatives. Yeah. Who are used to hearing just the liberal malarkey that comes out of that show week after week after week. And then they've got someone like Woody Harrelson who stands up. Woody Harrelson, by the way, he is not a conservative by any oh, no. stretch of the means. I mean, he he did an interview with Vanity Fair saying that he objected to the mask mandates and he doesn't believe in germ therapy. But Woody Harrelson is a vegan. He's an anarchist Marxist and he's a climate activist as well. So he's kind of on his own little island doing his own little thing. But I thought that was really a brilliant way. And he and he did it perfect, too, right? He knew exactly what he was doing with that monologue where mm-hmm. he totally... Set hooked, everybody yeah, up, yeah, get them he, laughing. He hooked those he's gonna, people in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was... and that, But that's what happened in this country, right? And it takes someone like Woody Harrelson to do a bit like that for people to have it. We talk on this show all the time that our job here, one of the primary jobs that we have is we're going to hold the mirror up to you every day. And if you don't like what you see, don't blame us. <laughs> we're not the people in the mirror. We're holding it up for you to see. And I think we saw during the voicemails, mm-hmm. more and more people are looking in the mirror of what their government is. The letter doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, and especially not in this case. They all did it. Holcomb and Cuomo did basically the exact same thing. Holcomb and Newsom did exactly the same thing. There, there was minimal difference in the condition of the lockdowns, the mask mandates. Don't forget, Eric Holcomb tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, and it was Curtis Hill that stopped him. What did our Republican legislature supermajorities do here? Nothing. There's nothing that would stop Eric Holcomb from doing the exact same thing. It's three years, Casey. Mm -hmm. This is their third session since Holcomb did the COVID lockdowns. Mm -hmm. And in three legislative sessions, the Indiana General Assembly with the Republican supermajorities in the House and Senate have done absolutely nothing that would stop Eric Holcomb from doing the same thing that he did in 2020, which means they agree with it. Yeah, no amendment or anything to remove his emergency powers. He could still, he could do it tomorrow. Absolutely. It is us versus them. Mm-hmm. It is 
It is the people versus the politicians. Society has got to get past this stupid, meaningless letter bullcrap. Republican, Democrat. Finkel is Einhorn. Yeah. Einhorn is Finkel. Yeah, it is 13 minutes after 11. We are Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Now, Jake Sullivan, who is this guy? He's a Biden spokesperson? Yes, that's right. Okay, well. Sounds like a fun job. Yeah. Uh, so Vladimir Putin said in an interview over the weekend that people may not survive if Western countries succeed in handing a defeat to Moscow in the war over Ukraine. And then he went on to say that Western countries are seeking to divide Russia in order to take control of the country's raw materials. So here's Putin playing the victim, right? He's the one who invaded Ukraine and now he's saying they're trying to separate our country. It's it's all wholly ridiculous. But Jake Sullivan, who is a Biden spokesperson, not ruling anything out in this never-ending involvement with Ukraine. Let's take a listen. You're talking about supporting Ukraine and you're talking about them taking the lead on how they define victory, which is understandable. It's their war. But the administration is also promising them that America will support them as long as it takes. Can you level with the American people about what expectations should be? Could there still be a, a full-blown war going on a year from now on the second anniversary that the U.S. is still supporting at the levels it is now? I can level with the American people in saying that war is unpredictable. One year ago, we were all bracing for the fall of Kiev in, the matter, in a matter of days. One year later, Joe Biden was standing with President Zelensky in Kiev declaring that Kiev stands. So I cannot predict the future. And nor can anyone else and anyone who is suggesting they can define for you how and when this war will end is not leveling with the American people or anyone else. The military industrial complex in this country runs this country and they will decide when it's over and they will decide it's over when they're tired or they have exploited as much money as they possibly can and still be able to get away with it. Mm -hmm. So many people are saying the United States produces weapons that get sold to China. Uh China turns around and gives them to Russia. Uh And we send weapons to Ukraine Uh to fight the weapons that we gave to China that China gave to Russia. Yeah, what's the problem here? It's one big circle. What are you trying to say? (laughs) I I said it. It's one big circle. Yes, yes, thank you. (laughs) And the uh, U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, he said that Beijing was considering supplying more weapons and ammunition to Russia. And of course, Beijing is denying that. It's 16 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Go down, Miss Moses. There's nothing you can say. 19 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this hour, Starbucks. Starbucks. They're introducing a handful of drinks. And the new drinks are going to have a spoonful of olive oil in every cup. Now, I've heard of people putting butter in their coffee as a weight loss uh-huh. tool. Why would that help that you lose weight? Is that for the uh, keto diet? Yeah. Is that, was that what you were looking yeah. for? Why would butter help you lose weight? What what possible planet would that it's happen on? Supercharged well, up coffee. I don't, people are doing this. Does that isn't mean you'll like eat less? A, isn't there like a grass-fed butter or something like that that they eat? <laughs> okay, the, the, you're a coffee person. Mm-hmm. You're a coffee person. Right. Explain yourselves. I Why put, do you do this to yourself each day? I put cream day? and sugar in mine. Yeah, but what the I coffee- almond milk in mine. The <laughs> coffee in general, the whole coffee lifestyle. Yeah. Explain it to me. What do you mean? Like the whole thing. What? Like what does it do for you? What? Why do you do that to yourself every day? Yeah. 
So it's a shot of caffeine. That's it? That's what it's about? Yeah. You guys pay a gajillion yeah. dollars for no. Ca- no, 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 no. Because isn't that what it costs at Starbucks, a gajillion dollars? I don't go to Starbucks. I prefer my home coffee. Oh. It's yeah. A lot of people will go to Starbucks as a treat. Uh-huh. Not for me. Yeah. I just buy uh, K-Pods. Yeah. I've got a Keurig. you got your Keurig. Yeah. I've never understood the coffee how lifestyle. Do you, how do you wake yourself up in the morning? Kev, like, how it, do you Kev we have had this. Energy? Kev, you and I have had this conversation before. <laughs> it is the same reason I've never done drugs. Mm-hmm. Look at me normal. <laughs> do you think I need to inject anything into myself mm-hmm. in order to be up and ready to go? Mm-hmm. So you just have yeah. an endless uh, amount of energy all the time. I have a... Uh, what was the uh, what was the thing he used to say about Jeb Bush when he was low energy that Trump had plenty of what well, I forget what it was but whatever it is I got plenty of it I got the testosterone testosterone yeah there it is yeah yeah I'm uh, <laughs> doing very well in that department Kev <laughs> so you don't need the coffee in the morning well then you, I think it tastes terrible well if you put enough cream and sugar cream and sugar in it yeah. well now you're just de- why don't you just drink a Bat, a vat of cream and sugar there. If you put uh, Irish cream in it. Because that's not socially acceptable. <laughs> you should try it with Irish cream. Right. Have a little Irish coffee. Yeah, there you go. It's a great winter drink. Could you imagine him lubed up in the morning like that with, you know, alcohol? No, we don't, we don't need <laughs> that's that. That's dangerous. Yeah, we don't need that at all. But this Starbucks drink has olive oil in it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Whatever. I'm sure I'll hear all about it when I get home. Mm-hmm. Sure, there'll be... Uh, I'll have seven cups of Starbucks coffee with whatever that bull crap is you just said. I'll Already, I'll, I'll get the full story. Mm-hmm. D- does does oh, your yes. wife go to Starbucks? Oh, like every day. Is she a caramel macchiato girl? I have girl? no idea what she is. There are certain hills I'm willing to die on. <laughs> I'm willing to complain about this to you on mm-hmm. these airwaves. Mm-hmm. Her... Not so much. Right. Her, she she gets to enjoy in peace. Well, good for you, G. Also, but trend- the rest of you people, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> also trending this hour, uh, last minute technical troubles forced SpaceX to call off their attempt to launch four astronauts into the International Space Station oh. this morning. This is why you should not go into space. Right. And finally trending, and I don't know if you saw this one. I know you love to complain oh. about the Royals. Mm-hmm. Elton John, Harry Styles, mm-hmm. Adele, oh, the Spice Girls, wow. and Ed Sheeran have all told the king to stick it. What? No one wants to play at his coronation No parties. kidding. Yeah. I'm sure they're scheduling conflicts. What do you, like, is it that if you are a, of English, mm-hmm. if you are of English uh, citizenship mm-hmm. or stature or whatever. Don't you have to? Isn't that the thing? You're supposed to? Isn't it sort of... Well, isn't he uh, Sir Elton John? Mm -hmm. That's right. His mother, the Mm -hmm. the king's mother, made him a Sir Elton John. Mm -hmm. Like Sir McJack... Was it he knighted as well? Yeah. 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 You're into these people. You explain this. I have no idea. I don't know why nobody wants to play at his coronation parties. I checked the opt-out box on these people. I mean, I, I can understand Elton John. Because, you know, Elton John was always besties with oh, Diana. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm sure there's a lot of, uh-huh. I don't know. But what it was, Ed Mental Sheeran. pretzeling. Is Ed Sheeran English? He's a, uh, I thought he was Irish, but maybe he is English. He's the redheaded guy, right? Yeah. Who, who are the rest of these people? Harry Styles. Is he English? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adele. Is she English? Yep. Mm-hmm. She's the one who lost all the weight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Spice Girls. And they're English. Yeah. All of them? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, no, they they just they don't want to play the coronation. Wow, that's parties. wild. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about what's going on with Joe Biden. He had an exclusive sit down with David Muir on Friday night. Did you watch it? I'm <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> it was on Friday's World News Tonight. It got a bit combative. Oh. They were talking about classified documents, and you know David Muir kind of was calling him out on it. How he Biden kept saying that Trump was being irresponsible, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So then David Muir was asking. Biden, well, if he was irresponsible, well, what are you? And this was the back and forth, the exchange they had. Wherever you want to go, you can go. That was totally different. But that, that one word you used, when you, when you hear about boxes in your garage or in your old office, you, you called the Trump discovery irresponsible. Is there something irresponsible here, though, too? Uh, you know, you're a good lawyer, but you're trying to make a, a comparison. What there's degrees of responsibility that are they can be significant degrees of responsibility. What the way in which the boxes were packed up for my office, apparently not everything was gone through as meticulously as it should have. But there was no intention. I opened up my home, all my homes. My home is my the home of the beach and the home that I my permanent home, and they spent hours and hours going through everything personal everything I had, and that's a fundamentally different thing. There's nothing for me to hide. Mm. Now, case, all my home. Well, yeah, I, was gonna, I opened up my home. I was going to say, someone struggling to pay for a home, <laughs> hearing how the leader of the free world is opening up all of his homes. Nothing his endears homes. me to mm-hmm. an elected official mm-hmm. like hearing about opening up all your homes. I didn't know there were degrees of irresponsibility. I didn't either. Now, Casey, we had another piece of Biden audio, but mm-hmm. I'm going to need a few extra minutes for this next segment. Okay. Because when we come back, yeah. we're going to talk about one of the greatest lacks of transparency mm-hmm. and stonewalling mm-hmm. that I have ever seen in government. And Casey, whether it is Pete Buttigieg's press secretary saying she's not going to talk while the cameras are on, right. or Duca Spendingberg and his evil assistant Igor telling me, uh, you can't film us at this public event, or Holcomb's press te- secretary saying she's not going to answer questions about COVID because it would not serve Hoosiers well, mm-hmm. or what we're about to talk about. I am so sick of government's hiding and deflecting and refusing to give answers to taxpayers. And this next instance is going to blow everybody's mind. Okay, we're going to head to Brownsburg next on 93 WIBC. You will not believe the lack of transparency in one idiot's town. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob, and Casey's here, and Casey. Yeah. No matter where you live, you need to pay attention to this segment because there's a chance similar things may be happening where you live and may be happening with your money. Mm -hmm. And it really sucks with a capital S that (laughs) government makes it so hard to figure out what they're doing Mm -hmm. and why. Like whatever government's doing, we as taxpayers, we as the citizens should be able to know what it is Mm -hmm. and figure out how our money's being spent and what people are doing with our money, right? That's right. It's our money. So I want to start this segment by reading you the conflict of interest statute in the state of Indiana and explain what it says. That's what we do here, right? We educate 
and we entertain. We try. And this is the entertain. This is the education part of the educate and entertain. Okay. Um, because it's very important, and you'll figure out here why in just a moment. So here's what it says, all right? And this is a lot of government legalese, and then I'll explain to you what it means, okay? Yep. A public servant who knowingly or intentionally has a pecuniary interest in or derives a profit from a contractor purchase connected with an action by the government entity served by the public servant commits conflict of interest a level six felony. Oh. A public servant has a pecuniary interest in a contract or purchase if the contract or purchase will result or is intended to result in an ascertainable increase in the income or net worth of the public servant. Did any of that make any any sense at all to you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's about conflict of interest, but pecuniary? Pecuniary. What is that? Okay, let me simplify this for you, Casey. What that means is... words in there? A per, in, in normal people English, a person in elected office cannot use their vote to enrich themselves. There we go. They cannot use their position controlling other people's money to do something that would benefit them in some discernible way. Okay. And I think we should all agree that that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, the public servants and their colleagues should all hold themselves accountable on this because we are dependent upon them to steward our money. Yes. All right. So that's the background on this little, little uh, what do they call it, prepper for what we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. So do you remember a few months ago when we were talking about the just blatant, unbridled greed in Brownsburg? Yes. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember where the three little, uh, the three council members? The three little piggies, the three little you piggies, called them? They were, they were just gorging from the trough at mm-hmm. our expense, gave themselves like a 40% raise. And one of those was a guy named Ben Lacey. He was one of the three council members who voted to give the council that massive raise without any sort of, you know, attendance requirement or explanation for why they were getting raises other than apparently they were doing such a bad job they said they needed to pay people better people more to run to I guess fix the problems they're creating. Right. To, att- to attract better candidates. Yeah, so you you remember all that, right? Mm-hmm. We're on the same page here. Okay. Yep. Well, at that same meeting where they took those massive raises, which is the reason I happened to notice any of this we're about to talk about, the town council took a bond of up to $4.5 million. Now, that's a very large amount of money to spend for a town of Brownsburg size. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, there was basically no discussion at all, and it sailed through in about a minute. Okay. Four and a half million dollars mm-hmm. in a minute. Even the state legislature would be jealous of spending money at that rate. Mm-hmm. Um, totally unclear to anyone watching or in the audience what it was for. And that, I think we can agree, is definitely not what the public deserves when it comes to spending their money. There should be discussion when you're spending four and a half million dollars. So around the same time, someone had informed me that our old pal Ben Lacey, same guy who gave himself that massive pay hike, Mm -hmm. was part of a group beginning to buy property in Brownsburg, and they directed me to a specific location of one of the properties. And, you know, it's a little alarming to know people who control the town are actively buying real estate, but you know, I didn't really understand the real meaning until later, which we're about to get to. So as I began to dig into the very large four and a half million dollar taxpayer bond, I was told by an anonymous source it was to buy a multi-parcel piece of land 
on Main Street. Okay. Now, let me educate again what multi-parcel means. So, it means same person owns all the stuff, but they divide the land into different categories. So, one might be a car wash. Mm -hmm. One might be an old block building. One might be a used car lot. Same person owns all the land, but they divide them up for different uses. Does that make sense? Yep. So they're going to buy this land, the town, with that $4.5 million bond, going to buy the parcels, do some work on them, and then sell them to a private developer for a mixed-use type of development. Okay. And when the source told me the location of the property, a light went off in my head. You know, like in the cartoons, when the the light yeah. just shines over the cartoon character. It was the property right next to the property. Ben Lacey, our buddy on the Brownsburg Town Council, who just gave himself that massive raise, mm-hmm. had purchased. Okay, so the city bought with the four and a half million dollar bond yes. land. Yes. And Ben Lacey bought property right next to that land. Yes. Okay. So the town is going to take that land, they're going to do a bunch of stuff to it, and then I guess they're going to sell it to a private developer who's going to build some sort of big fancy schmancy something on okay. there. Okay. All right. Uh, and so I thought to myself, as I was reviewing the video, I saw that Ben Lacey had indeed voted to approve the bond and did not recuse himself from that vote. And I saw no evidence of a conflict of interest form that had been filed with the town. And a source inside the town hall said that they had never been made aware of ownership in the property or a conflict of interest form had been filed. So I'm thinking something must be off here. I must be missing something. So I did what any good investigative reporter would do, mm-hmm. went and did a property search. Okay. And it revealed that the property uh, in question that I had been told that Mr. Lacey was an owner in, 115 East Vermont Street in <laughs> a beautiful uh, downtown Brownsburg, was owned by a company called 115 E Vermont LLC. And according to the same property search website, they bought the property in December of 2020 for $281,000, despite the government-assessed value of the property being only $143,300. Okay, so he paid double. He Meaning he paid, yes, almost double what the government says the property was worth. And so then I thought, okay, I'm going to try to find out who's in this 115 E Vermont LLC. And so I went to the Indiana Secretary of State's website, looked up 115 E Vermont LLC, and whose name did I see on the membership list, Casey? Ben Lacey. None other than Councilman Ben Lacey. (laughs) So now we know the following things. Number one. Ben Lacey is part owner in a company that owns a building that paid almost double the government-assessed value for that is right next to a soon-to-be major development that he voted to spend $4.5 million of taxpayer money to facilitate. And according to town records, he was on the planning commission in 2020, which has major say over land uses in town. And shortly after he bought the building, he became a member of the Brownsburg Town Council. Mm. So the question of for, before us appears to be, based on the conflict of interest statute, which we read just a little bit ago, would someone in public office financially benefit, and by that I mean the value of his property improve, by spending up to $4.5 million of taxpayer money to buy land, then facilitate the potential tearing down of those buildings and infrastructure work on the property that ultimately le- leads to a brand new, beautiful, mixed-use development? Mm-hmm. 
So, with this information, you know me, Casey, I'm very fair. I went to the first town council meeting in January to ask Mr. Lacey and the council about this directly. And you know what? What? Mr. Lacey no-showed the very first meeting of the year after giving himself that giant raise. (laughs) So, I spoke during the citizens' comments, and I asked the current members of the council if they were aware of the information I had uncovered. Got absolutely no response. Yeah. Thought to myself, okay. None of them were aware of this. Something of this potential magnitude, they'll look into it. Right. They'll get back to me. Yeah. Weeks went by. And? Nothing. Oh. So I went to the second meeting in January. Mm-hmm. Spoke about it again. Yeah. Asked questions again. And? And again. Got absolutely no response from the town council. Oh. Now, Mr. Lacey was there this time, earning his roughly $818 per regular meeting. Mm-hmm. And he nor anyone else said a word, no emails, no phone calls, no nothing. So now, Casey, as you can imagine, I'm getting super upset because <laughs> I just want answers. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this the polite, professional way. I'm not out here blasting people. I'm not blasting people on social media. I just feel that I deserve to know if Mr. Lacey did indeed fail to disclose his ownership in the company and that the property, while using our money on something that would potentially improve the value of his property. Mm-hmm. Is that unreasonable? No. And I'm, you know me, Casey, I'm never just asking for myself. I'm also asking for the 30,000 plus other people mm-hmm, that live, live in, in, the, in the town of Brownsburg. And yeah. it really sucks because now it's becoming very clear the government is deliberately avoiding not just me, but the 30,000 other people. Not mm-hmm. just Mr. Lacey. Mm-hmm. All of them are avoiding us. Mm-hmm. So I went to the first meeting in February and spoke about this again. Mm-hmm. And once again, no one responded mm. until yeah. the very end of the meeting. Okay. At which time, our old buddy Ben Lacey, he did one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in the history of government. And I've seen a lot of it, Casey. Yeah. I have seen a lot of very bizarre things. What so, do you do? Well, you can picture this. So, at the council meeting, they sit on this very high dais, right? Mm-hmm. Way above the peasants. Right. And then the peasants are down on the floor, and that's where we speak. <laughs> yeah. So, he gets off the dais, walked down to the front of the dais at the podium where the peasants speak, and finally admitted he is an owner in that company in that building. Okay. And then he did something even more bizarre. He put his decision to not to recuse on the town attorney. Oh. Wait, we actually got some audio of this. Would you like to hear? Yeah. Oh, take a listen. I am part owner of a parcel at 115 East Vermont Street, Brownsburg, Indiana, 46112, which I purchased uh, in November of 2020 prior to me being on the council. I also have an ownership interest in 17 South School Street, Brownsburg, Indiana, 46112. 91 North Maple Street, Pittsburgh, Indiana, 46167. Prior to the bond vote regarding the purchase slash redevelopment of the Rabel and Archer properties, I sought legal guidance from our town attorney, Tricia Leminger, as to whether or not I should recuse myself from the vote because a property that I have an ownership interest in is in the proximity of parcels subject to the bond vote. Ms. Leminger's response was that I did not need to recuse myself from the bond vote because council was not voting on my property. So now that opens a whole, up a whole new gigantic list of questions because the town attorney is supposed to work for the town, mm-hmm. not the individual council members, offering individual council members individual legal advice on their individual legal decisions, which in no way benefits me as a taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Am I now as a taxpayer funding council members to have personal legal advice from a lawyer? Mm-hmm. And of course, as you heard there, Mr. Lacey offered no proof of the supposed advice from the attorney. I mean, not that it matters anyway. She's... 
just a lawyer, not the law. I mean, a lawyer could theoretically advise you it's okay not to pay your taxes. Does that mean you can't pay your taxes? Right. No. So I sent a bunch more questions about this to the town council, the town manager, and the town attorney, and to this day have still gotten absolutely no response whatsoever. Mm. So he was a part owner in this parcel of land. Mm -hmm. He bought it the same year he was on the planning commission, which has major say over land uses. Right. And then a couple years later, he's on the town council. Mm -hmm. And while owning, being an owner in this parcel of land, he votes to spend four and a half million dollars to redevelop the land right next to his land Mm -hmm. and doesn't disclose that to anyone. So again, look, I'm doing this today because I just want answers, and I've tried for two months to get answers. And I'm doing this because this is happening all over the place, whether it's Pete Buttigieg's press secretary saying, only answer your questions Mm -hmm. if the cameras aren't on, Mm -hmm. whether it's Todd Young and his evil assistant Igor refusing me to allow allow him to be filmed at the Stax Pancake House, Mm -hmm. whether it's Holcomb, uh, whatever she was, press secretary, whatever, saying, "I I won't answer your questions about COVID because it would not serve Hoosiers well. I am so sick of the lack of transparency in this country, in the state, in these communities, and I am my absolute wit's end about all of it, and I have just this little bitty outlet to Mm -hmm. let people Mm -hmm. know what's going on. It's all levels, isn't it? All levels. All levels. And I'm so disappointed in so many people, and by the way, if you'd like to send a little encouragement to the Brownsburg Town Council to be transparent with me and the Mm 30,000-plus other people on this. Because whatever the answers are, the answers. We just want the answers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Town Council at brownsburg.org. Town Council at brownsburg.org. I know we went a little long on that, Casey, but I got too much worth of work wrapped up in this, yeah, so I felt yeah. like it was it was totally worthwhile. <laughs> you needed to get it out. Well, I hope you get some answers. I hope I do, too. Would you like to send us to break? Sure. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Mama told me what is up with you and your fellow Jeep owners? What are you talking about? You people are just weirdos. Are you talking about uh, Jeep ducking? Yes, I had never heard of this before this weekend, and now I just... It's everywhere. Like, I knew the cool thing when you own a Jeep and you see you someone else the owns Jeep a Jeep. Wave. Yeah, the Jeep Wave, mm-hmm. which I always thought that was strange, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you own a... You know, you're the only two in the world with the Jeep. Jeep's it's not right. like... And a Jeep is probably a fine automobile, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's relatively hard to acquire a Jeep. Well, I think the Jeep Wave comes because the windshield is uh-huh. flat and it's easy to see other Jeep drivers. Oh, so you do the Jeep Wave. It's kind of a, it's like a club. Like I've never heard like Toyota drivers right. do that. Like I, that? I had a Toyota Camry and mm-hmm. you waved each other. Right. What is ducking? Okay, so this is the thing and it's happened to me twice now. And very clearly we're saying ducking with the D. Ducking with Jeep, the D. Jeep ducking. Jeep ducking. This happened to me twice now so uh-huh. I had to investigate to see what was going on. One time I had the Jeep parked at the hospital uh-huh. and when I came out of the hospital on my handle was a little rubber duck. Oh. And I thought, oh, that's kind of nice. Like Ernie used to play with in the bathtub. Yes, uh-huh. a rubber duck yeah, okay. that you would have in the tub. Mm-hmm. And then just this weekend, same thing. I was on the uh, Monon Trail over in Carmel checking stuff out, mm-hmm. went back to the car and there was a rubber duck oh. on my handle. Wow. They just somebody puts tape on it or what? No, it's just sitting there on the handle. That's on the door handle. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And so I looked it up, and it's called Jeep ducking, uh-huh. and it's what Jeep drivers do. It's very strange. When you park next to another Jeep, you put a rubber duck. On their hand. So now are you going to go out and buy a bunch of rubber ducks? You strike me as the sort of person who would participate in this. Yeah, I did. I, I bought yeah, it I knew it. I <laughs> knew it. 
I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I, I bought it. a bag of rubber ducks. But okay, so the thing is, when it first happened to me, I was kind of like, "What? What is that?" And then I realized when I looked in the other jeep's mm-hmm. car, I yep. noticed they had a bunch of rubber ducks in there, oh, and yeah. I thought, "Okay, they're they're giving me a rubber duck." Sure. And then when it happened again, same thing. I looked in their car, and I was like. Oh, they've got a bunch of rubber ducks, so that's that's a what, thing. What did you Google? Rubber duck on door handle of Jeep? Jeep ducking. Is that what you put? Or you can Google what, How would you duck, even know what duck, to Google? Jeep. If you Google duck, duck, Jeep, you're going to get over 200 million results. Okay. And this is like a thing that's catching on, especially this year, where Jeep sure. drivers do this. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Uh, from one ridiculous thing to the next, Kev. <laughs> yeah. <Kev. laughs> Tell what happened to you this weekend. Yeah, so I uh, got some Chinese takeout uh-huh. from the uh, local Chinese establishment. Didn't go to the Russian deli this time, huh? No, decided to stay uh, in Greenwood. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, so I went to this place and I got some fortune cookies. Yeah. And I got home and I cracked open into my fortune cookie uh-huh. and instead of an actual fortune, uh-huh. uh, it was a. Uh, just an advertisement for a bank. <laughs> what? Yeah, and it had a QR code on it. And it, I, I forget what bank it was, but it was just an advertisement. It said Visa on it. And I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I was yeah. hoping it would be like a fortune saying, you know, like, you're going to meet the love of your life sure. tomorrow yeah. or something mm-hmm. like I've that. I've never heard of that. Have you ever heard of that? No. No, that was the first time I'd ever seen that, but it got me thinking, that's kind of ingenious. And I think I might do that for Uno Gold. <laughs> You're gonna instead of stickers in the bathroom, you're gonna pass out fortune cookies. Huh? With, yeah. with Uno Gold, that'd be stickers way, in the way more effective. Did you have to buy the fortune cookies? Or no, they, they were free. I mean, they just have them in a basket. Yeah. Of course, they're all packaged up, but it was just in a basket, and you grab them. What on sort your of way country out. are we living in when even the fortune cookie has been corporatized and manipulated? <laughs> with the bank. Yeah, the first thing I thought was uh, capitalism. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's. I mean, is, I, you gotta wonder: was that like a mistake? Was it then the printing press? Did something get messed up? Up, or are they deliberately now just advertising mm-hmm. in the fort? Congratulations, Kev. Your fortune is a bank. Yeah, that's exactly what I need in my life. They're foretelling your future. And if you were going to do it that way, wouldn't you say your fortune says you will go into the so-and-so bank later mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. That's my fortune. I got That's a, really a missed opportunity. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'll bring you a rubber duck in, okay? Will that make you feel better? Yeah, that, that sounds good. You know, we got a lot accomplished today. We did. I feel like that 11:30 segment was one of the best I've ever done. I can't wait to hear about what happens from it. Only someone with you were my names, talent, and understanding of the governmental system could have pulled that mm-hmm. off. Good job, Rob, and good job, Kevin. Thank you, and thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.